2: Talk radio with Sita and Robert. It's February fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, 2015, and I'm joined here on the control board with my co-host Sifu Robert Steele. Sifu Bob, how
1: you doing today, bro? Hey, hey, I'm hey, doing hey. well. Doing well. It's uh, well. You and I discussed this on Friday. How hot it is down here right now. When I got right? the car to go to lunch, it was a hundred and one degrees.
2: That's crazy for February. And
1: then our buddy Dan Heck from the Masters Hall of Fame posts a picture of how he's going through a snowstorm on the way to the store. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the I'm guy. like, wow, really? <laughs> Poor I'm guy. Like, I, you I'm, know. In,
1: I'm in shorts and t shirt He's in guache and in a parka.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on because, you know, here in Seattle that same day you said it was 100 degrees it was like 60 something over here i I was outside in shirt sleeves and and i and i had to keep reminding myself it's february what's going on right (laughs) right yeah well before we get moving on with the show i want to uh just remind people that it's our sunday brunch show and uh every third sunday of each month we have our sunday brunch show so you can have a early lunch, late breakfast, and listen to us and have some fun. We're going to be having a kid's episode today, so this episode is going to be for all the kids out there. that means everyone under eighteen, of course, you adults you can listen to, but if you are a kid, a junior, a teen, and you love martial arts or even thinking about getting into martial arts, give us a call in about twenty minutes. Our phone number here is about is three four seven. Six We're going to be talking about all sorts of great stuff, the benefits of martial arts training for kids, um, what kids like about martial arts, the whole nine yards. So keep tuned in, folks.
1: All right. So, so what's been going so on? Last you this night, past
2: week?
1: well, last night I took my wife out for dinner. You know, it wasn't a Valentine's Day dinner per se. We just, you know, she'd eaten a late lunch, so she just went for, for a dessert, and I went for dinner because I was starving. Went to Bob's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today is my 29th wedding anniversary. So today we're going to go to a nice restaurant. Woo-hoo! Now
2: I was talking Yay! to my daughter, my daughter went to this you, get compet- a, you get a round of applause here. Hold on. <laughs> I got to find my applause. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, pretty cool,
0: bro.
1: Well, my daughter had this competition yesterday and, uh, Uh, Arcadia, this choir competition and her Mm -hmm. and I were talking on the way back when I picked her up from school and I feel, nothing against her because she's brilliant, but I feel sorry for any guy that gets involved with her. She has, she has, because you've met her but not you don't know her know her Mm -hmm. because she has no tolerance for stupidity and she (laughs) has no tolerance for lying. And she has mm-hmm. no tolerance for BS, right? Th- that, that's that's every guy's wheelhouse, right there. Oh, <laughs> so when you take away the lies, the the BS, and the right. stupidity, what, what is there left? She <laughs>
2: with <whiz>. uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I you know she is going to to be. A very strong young woman. I'll tell you that much because you know it's it's rare these days to find women that won't deal with BS, you know, and won't cause it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, she, and she hates uh,
1: Valentine's Day. She oh why says, is that You know, because it's a made-up holiday.
0: It's true. It, it's It's
1: true. It's, a, it's to propagate the flower and the candy industry and the greeting card industry.
0: Uh huh.
1: And. For what? You 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 show your love all year. You celebrate it one day. How's that?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you can
1: tell I'm a romantic. It's amazing I've made it twenty nine years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. What? And but, you know, now, she, she you did
1: buy me a cool thing though last night. She bought me a box of candies, and every time you open it, it it plays "I Love You, Babe" by Sunday and Share.
2: Oh, how cool is that?
1: That's very cool.
2: Aw, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, well let's let's get on with the. show. Joe, let's uh, go ahead and get started with birthdays. Now, I've got a few birthdays, and you've got a few birthdays, so why don't we do yours first? What do you think?
1: Cool. I've got a very dear friend, a friend of my wife's. Daniel Charles Etter, his birthday is today. Uh, Ronnie Essett, one of our past guests, which was a, is a, an extra boxer, his birthday is on the 19th. I missed one, though. Jessica hmm. Brew. Kata, Woman mm. Extraordinaire. Right on. Her birthday on. Is tomorrow. Susan Jicaro. Uh Her birthday is on the 20th. Master, Tim Tackett. Uh, a Jeet Kune student under Dan Santo. His birthday is on the 21st. And that's it for my birthdays. All
2: right. Well, I have a few. Um, a former Wushu student of mine, Russell Lang. His birthday is on the 17th, um, a colleague of mine, um, Kelly Palsha, her birthday is also on the 17th, Rika Usami, who is another karate kata extraordinaire, just amazing. I keep posting all of her videos on Facebook and stuff like that. Her birthday's on the 20th, um, Carrie Kilburn on the 21st, and another martial artist, friend of mine on Facebook, Mel Roberts. So for everyone having a birthday the week of February 15th through the 21st, this tune's for you. We
0: sing happy birthday to you, and may all your dreams come true.
2: Birthday, everybody! The week of February fifteenth through the twenty-first. Have a great birthday week! All right. Announcements. Moving on to announcements. Um, I think uh, you might have uh, an announcement or two, Bob. But I'll go ahead and get this started with a tournament announcement. Uh, this. Particular tournament announcement was posted by Clark Daily on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, and this is all about the March Open, and it's part of the all-new San Diego Championship Series. And uh, this particular tournament is on March 29th, 2015, in um, at the Valley Center MS. I don't know what MS stands for, but anyway, it's at the Valley Center MS located at 28102 North Lake Walford Road. That's W H L F O R D. North Lake Walford Road in Valley Center, California. Um you can also go to the website at ncc I'm sorry, I read that wrong, at ncchampionships.com. Or you can call for more information, 760-504-5555. And uh, this particular post was posted on February 10th, and it said register today for 10% off tournament registration, and you want to use the code Facebook. I don't know if that code is still valid because this was posted on February 10th, but It's not even March yet. So, you know, go check it out. So that's the March Open, March 29th. Go ahead and give them a call, 760-504-5555, and see if you can get a 10% discount. Just tell them you uh, heard about the March Open on Dynamic Dojo Facebook. All right. Um, I've got one other announcement, and this is more of a shout-out and a rallying call. Um, As uh, some of our listeners know, I'm on the board of directors for the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists, and we're going to be having our annual training camp August 14th through 17th. It's one of the uh, oldest organizations in the United States that, um, that supports martial arts for women, and this particular camp is organized and planned and taught by women for women, and we're looking for people of black belt level to apply to become teacher trainers for this year's camp. So, for more information on how to apply to become a teacher for the 2015 PAMA camp, which uh, our theme this year is Wonder Women Sharing Our Powers. Just go to pama.org, P-A-W-M-A dot org, and check it out. All right. Now, we've got a really cool event coming up here in a few months, Sifu Bob, and uh, it's uh,
1: it's going to be a fun
2: weekend. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about that event.
1: Oh, well, you know, it's dragging fence. It changed a little bit this year. They're having a full two-day event. Uh, like Michael uh, Matsuda, the curator and president of the museum, said last night, not all vendors are coming back that were there last mm-hmm. year. And we had an absolute blast mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. year when we did it. It was amazing. Uh, we met so many cool people. There must have been oh. You know, <laughs> at least twelve hundred people there. hmm And we just had a blast of meeting people. We met you know, Master Ken was there, uh <laughs> Doug Doug Wong, Eric Lee, uh Leo Fong, uh oh my God, Don Baird was there. Uh, mm-hmm. oh so many John Sachs and James Hong and Parker Jr. It was an amazing weekend. It's mm-hmm. again it's gonna be this July the 16th, 17th, I believe, it's going to be mid-month at the Burbank Holiday Inn in beautiful downtown Burbank. It's, it's an
2: event the best. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's awesome. And for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Dragon Fest, it used to be back in the day, I guess, uh, almost how, like a little more than 10 years ago, right? Since it's since yeah. it, like fell off the face of the earth. But Dragon Fest used to be the largest martial arts-themed convention on the West Coast. It was like the Comic-Con of martial arts. I mean, you had vendors and martial arts movie stars and just all sorts of demonstrations, seminars. And it was just the coolest thing ever. And then just it just kind of fell off the face of the earth a little more than a decade ago. Well, the Martial Arts History Museum... And uh, the president of the Martial Arts History Museum, Michael Matsuda, um, has decided to bring it back, and uh, it's now called Museum Dragon Fest or just Dragon Fest, and it uh, still follows the the uh, very similar, if not the same, format as the Dragon Fest that I know from from a decade and or more ago. Um, really, really cool. Um, when I was uh when I was younger, I thought, wow, it would be so cool to just travel down to California and, and visit Dragon Fest. And, and, well, here we are. And now we're actually a part of it. We're going to be broadcasting live from Dragon Fest uh, during the event this year. It'll be great. Um, you can get your tickets um, for Dragon Fest at martialartsmuseum.com backslash Dragon Get them now because uh, wow. even though it's a two-day event, each day will sell out, so you know, get your tickets early. I think I think it's open for for ticket sales, isn't it, Bob? Already?
1: You know, I don't know if they've opened it so soon. They may oh. have.
2: Well, I guess it. I guess it. I guess you can uh, check it out, listeners. Check it out: martialartsmuseum.com dot com backslash DragonFest. All right.
1: Well, I don't Wait, have it, any is, is but Rusty, isn't that just it's MA museum, isn't it? It's not Martial Arts Museum. Well,
2: you can you can type it in as martialartsmuseum.com can you or MA. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's kind of like my my business website. You can type in uh bodyma.com or bodymovementarts.com. So, you know, we have uh, all of those uh URL options that people can type in. I guess it's to make sure that no matter what version you type in, you get there. So, right, exactly. It's pretty cool. Cool. All right. Well, I don't have any other announcements. Let me double check here through my news news uh, emails and feeds. Let's see. March open. Nope, I don't have any. Do you have any more?
1: I have one. Okay. This This year, June 6th, we are having – the Masters Hall of Fame in beautiful Hollywood, California, at the famed Roosevelt Hotel.
2: Right on. That's going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. is going to be an unbelievable night. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the room, is, we're allowing 50 inductees this year, 300 counting for dinner, I and, and no seminars this year. But it's going to be just an amazing weekend.
2: Yes, it will be. And, you know, this is the first time we're going to be in Hollywood. I mean, we've been everywhere else. We've been in Costa Mesa. We've been in um, Anaheim.
0: Yeah.
2: We've been in Long Beach. And, and you know, I think you know, according to our CEO, Hanshi Daniel Heck, um, you know, he said, I think it's time to, to kick it up a notch and bring this event, which is kind of like the Academy Awards for martial artists, and bring this event to where else? hollywood so it's really gonna be excited i am so pumped and you know what else i'm pumped about i'm pumped about that i don't necessarily have to pay for a hotel room (laughs) because you live you live just like 10 minutes away just down the road you know and then after after we're done it's like oh hey cool get back into the grubbies and you know chill out it's 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 awesome (laughs) oh yeah there's no
1: packing there's no hotel there's I think the biggest thing we'll have to pay for is parking. And, you know, every time you come down here, and eventually we will run out of stuff, local stuff to do, Mm -hmm. because I keep you hopping from the time you land to the time you leave. Yep. We're always doing stuff, right? Yep. Uh, And it's probably going to be the same way, because you're going to be down here two months in a row.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I do plan on coming in just a tad bit early, because a couple of my nominees will be, um attending uh will be coming in like a day or two early so um i feel um i should come in like a day or two early and uh you know just kind of make them feel at ease because it's a you know it's the first time coming to hollywood and and um you know their first induction into a martial arts hall of fame so i figure you know i could come in and uh I was going to say chauffeur them around, but I'm not driving. I'm going to... right. <laughs> well, you know, I could. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm i thinking maybe, you know, because if you're going to be at work, I might just rent a car. I don't know. It depends. It depends on what I can well, afford. Now,
1: remember, they are probably going to be renting your car.
2: Oh, that's true. Good point. Good point. Good point.
1: Thank you for I've looking guy... up for
2: my wallet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, one of my inductees is coming in Six days early? Oh, no, five days early. He's coming in on, on the first and leaving on the eighth. Wow, the whole week. Yeah, so he's making. Yeah, he's he's coming from Massachusetts, so he's making an entire vacation.
2: Well, you might as well if you're going to be coming that far. I mean, I've got I've got people that are, that will be coming in from New Jersey, and that's a long trek. So- yeah, it is now.
1: One thing we did yesterday. Michael Matsuda has agreed that on a donation only basis, that all of our inductees and guests at the masters will get into the museum at no cost. Wow, you know they, they will be asking you know leave a donation, buy a shirt, buy a hat yeah. show you were there and show your support but they exactly. there's not, not going to be somebody at the door saying ten dollars yeah
2: exactly and and you know if if uh, for all the nominees and for anyone in the Burbank area, you guys should visit the Martial Arts History Museum. Anyway, it you know, like Bob said, it's only ten dollars to get in, and it's got bona fide, authentic items from the history of martial arts. Be it TV, media, uh, radio, um, all a whole bunch of stuff that really um, puts a uh, puts a exclamation point on the history. Of martial arts as we know it. I mean, they've got the original coat that David Carradine wore for the original Kung Fu TV series. They've got the Kung Pao Gopher Chucks. They've got the. Uh, they've got a whole section on uh, Southeast Asian martial arts, authentic weapons, Japanese martial arts, and just there's just so much to see. So go check it out if you're ever in the Burbank area, folks. The Martial oh, Arts I, History I- Museum.
1: I don't know if you remember, they have, I mean, those are pretty cool artifacts, but some of the coolest artifacts I've seen, they've got one of the medallions as a as a prop from the movie, The Medallion with uh, oh, Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah, Pan. I remember
2: that, I remember that.
1: They've got uh, 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 the uh, hat that Tom Laughlin wore as Billy Jack. hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They've got the headband from the original Karate Kid.
2: Yep. They've got. It's I awesome. forget which
1: movie it was, but they have one of the original dresses that Cynthia Rothrock wore in one of her movies.
2: Oh yeah, I'm trying to remember what was movie it? that was because I don't remember. I know. I don't have a good dress for any of them, but but yeah, these are all authentic items, folks. These uh, these either come from private collections or from the uh, celebrities that actually that they actually belong to. Um and uh, there's also um oh before I forget, there's also um uh special days where they pay homage to uh, certain martial artists um I heard that coming up is Wen may Yu day, who is a uh, Wen when may Sifu is an incredible internal martial artist, and um really. Uh, made an influence on wushu and uh, internal arts here in the United States as a whole. So um, if you ever get a chance to – I'm going to have to, like, find the date for that day over at at the Martial Arts History Museum. Uh, But they have all these – they have these special days where they pay homage to all these uh, great masters and celebrities. And uh, if you want more information about those days, you can also uh, go to the same website, mamuseum.com. All right, oh, very that. cool. Well, that's it for announcements. Uh, let's go to health tips and health news. All right, this this should this particular story should actually go to Weird News <laughs> Bob, because <laughs> because uh, according to the periodical Atmospheric Environment, a study says that stopping at red lights is bad for your health. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, tell a cop that.
2: Yeah, I, I know, right? That's what I was going to say. So, folks, you know, I'm going to go ahead and read off this story, and I don't want anyone out there to use it as a dumb excuse to run a red light. Okay, so, because, you know, I mean, a lot of people already find it annoying enough to be forced to stop at a red light. Um, but there's there's more annoyance that goes with that. Um, now, out of the United Kingdom, the University of Surrey, Um, A study that they did was published in the Periodical Atmospheric Environment. And this study found that when drivers are stopped at a traffic light, that they're being exposed to these harmful particles called nanoparticles. And these nanoparticles are emitted from vehicles. And these pollutants are known to factor into heart and respiratory diseases. Now, researchers found Uh, While a driver speeds just two percent of his or her whole total driving time at signal controlled intersections, two percent of the time, where did they get that statistic? (laughs) I know. It's, wow. <laughs> well, okay, let me continue. While researchers found out while um, a driver just spends 2% of his or her driving time at signal-controlled um, intersections, um, that amount of time accounts for 25% of total exposure to such nanoparticles while in their car. Researchers note that pedestrians should be wary of crossing intersections for the same reason. Now, such Heavy intersections are high in pollution for many reasons. Number one, cars have to rev their engines when the light turns green. Two, cars sandwich close together at traffic lights, which puts drivers pretty close to the pollution source. That would be your tailpipe. Um, And uh, peak particle concentration was found to be 29 times higher at intersections during heavy traffic as compared to portions of the road where traffic is a little more unobstructed. Now, it's not always possible to change your route to avoid these intersections, but you know, take note, drivers should be aware of the increased risks at busy lights. Uh, now, if you don't have an alternative route, here's some best practices. Number one, keep the windows shut, fans off, and uh, that's two. And three, try to increase the distance between you and the car in front of you. Um, And you may especially want to avoid heavy intersections where you're um, at those lights where, you know, it lets through only three people, and then you're sitting at a light for like 20 minutes. You want to avoid those kind of intersections, especially if you're pregnant. So... Yeah. So as as much as the headline "Stopping at Red Lights Maybe Bad free, sounds like a sounds like a joke, you know, it's it's something to consider. All right. Well, that's it for my health news and health tips. Let's move on to weird, weird news. All right. What do we have for weird news?
1: Well, you know, dogs. No matter how how much we give them credit, dogs are really smart. They're mm-hmm. incredibly smart animals. Well, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a family says a dog that ran away from home turned up at an Iowa hospital, where her owner was recovering from surgery. Oh, the dog! Isn't is that cool? Is that that, that is. is so amazing to me? Uh The that dog is. sissy went missing from home last Saturday. The miniature schnauzer traveled almost two miles to get to Mercy Medical Center. That's where the dog's owner, Nancy Frack, Frack was. A hospital security guard used Sissy's tags to call uh, Frack's husband, Dale. He said Sissy was was on a mission to see her mom, but simply couldn't find the right elevator to (laughs) take. Couldn't find the right elevator to take. (laughs) The family is still perplexed on how Sissy's sniffed her way to the hospital but they think she might have knew her way around from car trips in dropping nancy frank for her work next door so oh. this woman worked next door the hospital and the dog put two and two together and sniffed around and and at least found the found the building she was in whoa that is that is really cool though two
2: that miles. is that's that deserves another aw Oh my goodness. That is that's just the cutest thing. That's not weird that news, is. that's sweet news. Aw, okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, thank God you were driving.
2: The other... <laughs> okay, I gotta tell the listeners about this joke, apparently. <laughs> uh so <laughs> there's this long running joke between me and Bob that if I see something cute. Um, uh, whether it's like a furry puppy or something, right? I, I, I just, my awareness just goes, ah, and I just completely forget about everything else. Uh, but you know what? To be fair, you men do it too, but it's not like cute little puppies you guys look at. Okay. Well, let's move on to the entertainment
0: oh, oh, oh. news.
1: <laughs> you know, I would be so insulted if that wasn't true. If it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I mean, come on. The first the first time you're out to, where do I take you? Hooters. Hooters. Well, well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to come here. <laughs> this is this is stupid. And the food ain't even good. And I look no, around and I look around and there were families. There were families, kids, babies, husbands and wives. I'm like, are you serious? The food here sucks. Anyway, okay.
1: I just remember getting, I just remember getting carded. <laughs> I think it's for a tip. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. She cards me, and I'm like, "Are you joking me? I'm almost fifty years old. I'm old enough for your fuck." Creepy. And, and, and I, <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, so entertainment news. Uh, Justin Bieber came face-to-face with with a group of cops in New York. This is not unusual for him, nor is this typically (laughs) news. But, (laughs) hey, like that, Uh, this happened Friday night. And even though they took a picture of, of his mug, it was only out of appreciation for his generosity. Bieber was eating at the Comfort Diner in NYC, when he noticed a few officers eating next to him, so when it came time to pay up, Justin coughed up the dough for their tab as well for around two hundred dollars. The officers walked over and thanked Beaver for hooking them up, then snapped a, pic- a picture with Justin, posted on on uh, posted the shots so they could prove their so they could prove to their family the whole thing actually went down.
2: Whoa. Okay. Wait. So. Two hundred dollars for a few police officers? What the heck were they eating? What were they eating that cost two hundred dollars? Well, I did see
1: I did see the picture, and there was like six or eight cops.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I think few. I think two, three. You know, and I'm thinking two hundred dollars really at a diner. What could you be eating? That costs two hundred dollars for like three people. <laughs> I was gonna say. Of that's... course,
1: that is New York City, and you know Justin probably doesn't eat at Diners.
2: Yeah, it just says diner, so you know I just. Uh, yeah, I know you
1: think a coffee shop, right?
2: Right, right, like Denny's or something, right?
1: <laughs> right, that's what I'd figure. Yeah, and that's and it's probably the case because they're they're cops. They don't go for the high price stuff anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, that was awful nice of Justin.
1: Absolutely, finally he, was, he had a run-in with the cops that didn't end up in, that he didn't end up in cuffs.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: Alrighty.
1: Oh, well, did I ever it, tell
2: it, you the story
1: about him performing no. at, at my son's high school?
2: I think you did, but re- refresh my memory so the listeners can hear.
1: He was actually going to go to my son's high school when he was seventeen. Now, my son was about. Uh, Fifteen. Wow. And he, he my, my Brandon kept saying, "I'm so glad he isn't here because you he would have had nothing but paparazzi and everything else." So Justin actually performed at the high school. This is when he was a good kid. Mm, mm-hmm. And now he's oh. padded up and smoking and and getting in trouble with the cops and all that crap.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well in in a way. I guess it is good that he didn't go to the same high school because you know. Uh, um, unless the the student body is just meh about celebrities being at their school, yeah, it would have been crazy.
1: Well, it's you know, the same the high girls. school. Uh, oh yeah, well that's the same high school Ronnie Ron Howard went to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we right we on. have had we we did have a few celebrities go to Dan Haggerty, Ronnie Howard. Probably not so many because now they're in the private schools now. Where back Mm -hmm. then, the parents were like, you're going to go to a public school.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's cool. Dan Haggerty. Wow. I haven't heard from, is he still around, Dan Haggerty?
1: I don't even know if he's still alive. I know he lived in Burbank for a long time. We had a running joke because he went to a, he ate at a restaurant just up the street from my parents' business, Mm -hmm. and he he ordered an alcoholic drink called a Harbor Light.
2: A
0: mm-hmm. harbor
1: light comes to you on fire. Oh, wow.
2: Right?
1: It's one of those flaming drinks. Mm-hmm. Remember the beard he had? Mm-hmm. He got served that harbor light, didn't have it anymore.
2: Oh, boy.
1: Got his beard on
2: fire. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Oh,
2: you know, according according to the internet, Dan Haggerty is still alive and for our kids out there that don't know who he is, he was best known um for his role um um in a TV series called The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams and it's a cool series because he had a pet bear that was named Gentle Ben. And very cool. I used to watch it a lot when I was a when I was a kid and uh I forgot when that TV show was on. It was uh like 1974, or 75 or something like that. I absolutely loved it. So kids check it out. They might have it on Netflix.
1: But, Rusty, you do realize that Gentle Ben was a Clint Howard show.
2: The yeah, yeah, the The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams was uh, kind of like a What do they call was it that when a you spin-off? were yeah, I think it was like a spinoff.
1: Was it? Wasn't, I didn't realize. Ne- you know what? I never realized that.
2: Yeah, because like the the Ben character, the the bear. I was like, wait a minute. I thought, you know, but and I don't. I don't know if Grizzly Adams itself was a uh, <clears throat> kind of like a backstory to the original uh, Gentle Ben or anything like that. Maybe people can like clear me up on that, you know, get on our chat board on the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee if you guys know anything about it, or give us a call 347-677-0699 um, or I don't know if the producers just made up Grizzly Adams quote-unquote um, to be a companion for, for Ben, I don't know but all I know is, is that it's a great it's a great uh, 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 show that's family friendly, it has kind of like the same, how should we say the same uh humor and the same lightheartedness and the same morality type of thing that, like, Little House on the Prairie had. And it uh, was filmed a lot in the same way. It was filmed with, like, the same cinema, uh, cinematic structure and stuff, just different characters. It was pretty cool. So check it out, kids. Right. Maybe it's on Netflix. It's It was great.
1: Now, I, I you know, I still see Clint Howard around town every now and then, the, the weirdest individual I've ever seen. What do you mean? He's 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 actually goofy. He's he's like oh, uh, almost. He, he always tries to hide from people. He doesn't try to talk to anybody. Huh. He's very introverted that way. Like he's this big celebrity. He gives he gives oh. lucky luck if somebody recognizes him really.
2: Oh <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess maybe you know if you are a celebrity, you know you get jaded enough that you know, I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, and by the way, for Dragon Fest, it has been confirmed, and you've never been—I've never taken you there—but there is a restaurant right at the corner of my street, and it's owned by somebody who's going to be at Dragon Fest, and he is actually the star of the TV series Criminal Minds, and it's Joe Montana who's going to be at Dragon Fest, and he's actually a good friend of my wife's. Really? Yes.
2: Whoa! I don't know if he's going to right. be there
1: Saturday or Sunday, but it's going to be cool. That-
2: I forgot that you told me that Jen knew Joe. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right on. Well, that'll be – I love criminal minds, by the way. All right. Well, (laughs) back on subject. Let's do this, folks. It's uh, a little after the bottom of the hour. It's 1137 Pacific time. And uh, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit About the benefits of martial arts training, and uh, me and Sifu Bob will talk a little bit about how he and I got got interested in martial arts as little kids. And then we'll also be talking to one of my students from Body Movement Arts, uh, Michael, and his mother, talking about um, what they both like about martial arts and the benefits. Of it. So we'll be right back after this. Don't go away.
0: A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent 1 in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories 1 in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism 1 in 68. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs.
1: Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
3: You know, a lot of kids in my neighborhood have really bullied me. There's these teenagers around my neighborhood who sometimes just ride around us on their bikes calling, calling a swear words, and like throwing stuff at us. He grabbed my jacket just to get in line first. And he was running after me. And then he grabbed me by the hood and I started choking. I wasn't doing anything. He called me gay because he didn't like me. Bullying is wrong because it hurts people's feelings and it makes you feel bad about yourself. It can make someone feel uncomfortable and scare them and make them not want to go back to school. It lowers your self-esteem. And it doesn't just always hurt on the outside. It also hurts on the inside. But do you know what I say when he's bothering me? I say, don't do that. If you don't stop, then I'll go tell the teacher. Stop. Could you please not do that anymore? Just stop. Stop bullying. This is not cool.
2: Hi, folks, this is Restita De Jesus of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, and I just want to send a shout out to a good friend of the Dynamic Dojo show, Mr. Justin Harvey. Now, Justin's got two big passions in the world, and those are radio and martial arts. A student of Frank Duke's, Justin is a true student of the arts. Now, Justin has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't stop him at all. In fact, If somebody says that something can't be done, Justin will just get out there and do it, no matter what. He's the host of The Justin Harvey Show and has had guests such as Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Dukes, Ernie Reyes Sr. and Jr., Eric Lee, and many more. The Justin Harvey Show is syndicated on iTunes. So what are you waiting for? Go check it out.
1: Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas
0: Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world.
1: Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to Dynamic Dojo Radio Post at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio.
2: This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert, and it's February fifteenth, and this is our Sunday brunch show, kids episode, and um, you know, Sifu Bob, I'm I'm actually thinking of oh. making a kids episode somewhat regular, like maybe once every three months or something like that, uh, uh-huh. because I've gotten a lot of emails about you know how it how it it would be cool for for kids to be featured on our show. Um, as opposed to only adults or celebrities or anything like that, and I said, you know, I I like that. I'd love to do that because uh, I specialize in teaching kids, and uh, I I do think that kids need to be spotlighted because they are the future of martial arts. So um, so I think that'd be something that uh, we can do somewhat regularly. Uh, wouldn't would you
1: agree? Oh yeah, that 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 would be great. And they yeah. should be. They they, they should have as much spotlight as any adult. That's right.
2: Now, this is our kids episode, like uh, I had mentioned just a couple seconds ago, and uh, we're going to be talking about – why kids get into martial arts and the benefits of martial arts training and what people like about martial arts and stuff like that. But um, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with with uh, you and me, Bob. You know, because like you know, kids nowadays get into martial arts for different reasons, whether it's bullying or something to do after school or uh, maybe they saw Karate Kid or whatever else, right? And uh, it differs from uh, child to child. So, you know, starting with you, Bob, what got you interested in martial arts as a kid?
1: You know, it was strange. I started martial arts when I was 10. Now, uh, so many guests that we've had on our show say, oh, it was because of Bruce Lee I saw his movie. You know, and and I fell into an era that was right in between the movie craze. There weren't Mm -hmm. many movies out. You know, I came in after End of the Dragon. I came in before the Last Dragon or mm-hmm. Karate Kid. So really, it was it was more of a passion. I wanted to learn something. I visited the, first. I visited the dojo, and it was when I grew up. It was the only and the first dojo here in town. By mm-hmm. what now is the mall, uh, it was a Taekwondo school because that was prevalent back then. It wasn't like it is today. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I was just really interested in starting to study martial arts. Uh, I went to a couple different schools. Now, that first one, I actually had to take the bus to and from. Today, that wouldn't be be heard for for a kid to have Mm -hmm. to take public transportation. And I did the (laughs) worst thing I I could. I did those air quote things. I hate that. (laughs) Oh, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And so that was where I started as a kid when I was 10, uh, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I knew you, know, you were gonna do that. I was betting on you were gonna say, "Wow."
2: No, I mean, well, no, wow, being being that you know that's 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 a lot of years to stick with an activity, right? Because you know, a lot of kids these days they go from like sport to sport, and some kids will just flip from one activity or the other until they find something that resonates with them and stuff, right? You know, these days,
0: right. exactly. Um,
2: These days, I'm seeing more of this, actually. These days, um, a lot of times, uh, some, not all, parents tend to look at karate lessons after school as more of, uh, like, something to do. It's just, you know, it's just something to do to keep them busy, right? Um, And uh, sometimes parents, like, don't know or forget that martial arts is more than just, you know, like, co-ed intramural sports. You know, I mean, you learn a lot of a lot of stuff other than the punch and kick. Um, Now, in my case, I technically started martial arts when I was seven, but I don't I don't like count like 1973 and, you know, 1978, you know, part of 1978 as as real because, you know, I was seven and i wasn't really serious about stick fighting at that point right <laughs> right <know>? yeah <laughs> so but you know i had always admired the the kung fu tv series the original kung fu tv series i remember when all the yeah the original i remember when those uh those episodes were new every week i just dated myself but that's okay um and um and i i i always admired the whole like you know shaolin look at things, you know, Master Poe and and all that philosophy and I thought I want to learn kung fu. And uh you know, my my mom actually enrolled my sister and I into a karate class down the road because my sensei at the time had a grant with the city um and offered the classes for free. So she thought, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> and for some reason it's stuck. You know, I don't know if it was because I was a year older or whatever, but uh, you know, it, it stuck. I fell in love with it, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. And uh, it was actually the philosophy of uh, the martial arts that that attracted me to the martial arts. Not the punch and kick, you know, not the whole like, oh, he, you know, knocked him out with that spinning lotus kick or whatever. It was more of the philosophy uh, behind it that I found so attractive and i and I wanted to be a part of that so um but, like I said a little bit earlier, you know sometimes parents tend to think that it 's just something to do after school, but there are so many more benefits to the martial arts and uh, if there are any parents out there listening right um of kids that already do martial arts, you know get on the horn and get your non martial arts friends who are parents to, to, to get on the, uh, to get on the, uh, online and listen to this because, you know, honestly, the stereotype about martial arts has, uh, has been like passed around because of a lot of what people see on TV, right? Nowadays, when you see stuff on TV, you see kick punch, knock people out, you know, rip tear eyes out and stuff like that. You know, you don't see what goes on on the other side. Rarely. Right. In action movies. Right. I mean, wouldn't you agree? You know, you go to an action movie, you see martial arts, people will think, and I I still have parents. I I hear this from parents that, that don't have kids in martial arts. They go, I don't want to get my kid involved in learning violence. And I have to go, what? That's not what it's all about. And, Believe it or not, sometimes people won't take a martial arts instructor's word for it.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But if you go by that logic, because they're watching TV. Now, I went through this as as a businessman, as a locksmith when I was growing up, because of the TV series, It Takes a Thief, because they were able to manipulate things so fast, and they thought I should be able to do the same thing.
3: Right. Right.
1: So if right. I, if it took me longer than five seconds to get in a door, I didn't know what I was doing type thing. Yeah. Now, let's relate that to martial arts. Mm-hmm. They watch TV show. They watch Walker, Texas Ranger. They watch uh, a Jason Zeta movie, The Expendables, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. if they use that logic, you can also say, yeah, did, did you know in Walker, Texas Rangers, when somebody gets hit with a, a spinning hook kick or a, or a right cross, they never bleed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's it's a, it's and it's the same thing when you see you know people get shot in the cop cop uh, movies and stuff like that they always always fly backwards twenty feet yeah. always because that's true anyway um, you know I, I hate to sound sarcastic about that but you know as someone like you and me. Bob, that have taught for so long um to to know and experience the benefits of martial arts to 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 see the the rampant stereotyping of martial arts being touted as as violent mm-hmm. teaching violence to kids. it kind of rubs me the wrong way and it kind of puts me on a mission you know <laughs> to to like get that stereotype and blow that stereotype out of the water because parents parents out there listening martial arts offers a lot of benefits and here's just a few number one fitness of course it provides a great source of exercise and you know that's especially important nowadays since we are in the middle of an epidemic when it comes to our nation's obesity problem right we're increasingly unfit in addition to being overweight and the prob the, this problem is is alarming because it does relate to our kids as well it's not just adults right now you know intramural sports for kids and and pe programs are great but number one not every kid's an athlete and nowadays many schools no longer offer pe can you believe that a lot of schools are dropping pe and other programs wow. from their curriculum like music right people are dropping music yeah. people are dropping pe um, and, the uh, we just, you know, we just want to get out there that the martial arts offers many benefits. And when it comes to fitness, becoming a true martial artist means becoming a supremely fit person inside and out. Okay. Now, another benefit is very important, focus and stillness. Now, as Bruce Lee pointed out, behind all the punches and kicks and knees and elbows, a true martial artist learns to sit with himself and see where his weaknesses are. Now, you know, I've taught a lot of kids over the years with ADD, ADHD, um, other learning disabilities, or just have tons and tons of energy. And if there's anything that I've learned from teaching kids all these years is that a structured martial arts class with clear expectations, is something that all kids benefit from not just the ADD ADHD kids but all kids because one of the things is uh, that I know Sifu Bob teaches and I teach as well is focus how to remain focused throughout whatever you're doing not focus on what you want to be focused on but to be focused on what you're doing on any given second and also how to be still not like you know physic not necessarily just physically still but to have a calm mind to think clearly. Um now um, did, have you taught um kids with like ADD ADHD I forgot? Uh
1: no, I actually haven't.
2: Oh, okay. But uh but yeah, it's a but you know, a, but I'm sure you've worked with adults that just have a hard time focusing, yeah?
1: Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I I have a guy that every time he swung a stick would close his eyes. Yeah, yeah,
2: I see I see a lot of that sometimes or you yeah. know sometimes uh you know sometimes people um just aren't capable of extending awareness beyond their physical body, right? Cuz like right. um I know I know people that can kick and punch really well, but you put a stick in their hand and all of a sudden the tip will have a mind of its own because they're not aware controlling the tip of the stick. Right. They're just aware, you know, from only to their pinky, you know, and um, and this is where martial arts training really helps you keep, you know, keep tabs on what you're doing uh, at all times and having a good sense of proprioception. Um, So, you know, an inner focus and inner awareness. All right. So another benefit of of martial arts training for kids, well, for anybody, but especially for kids is martial arts teaches kids how to take hits. Now (laughs) not just but not necessarily like punches or anything like that, but let's look at this a little figuratively, shall we? When I talk about taking hits, it's it's more of like taking a disappointment, like maybe failing a test, you know, at school, or maybe even failing a, a martial arts belt test. Or being disappointed because, you know, a big trip that you were planning just didn't pan out. Now you can't go. You know, all of these disappointments are a type of hit, right? And uh, for some kids, it does affect them the same way as, you know, being hit. You know, it's it's a type of not only a, it's not necessarily just a physical hurt, but it's like a an emotional hurt too, right? And, right. you know, as adults, as adults, it's easy for us to say, you know, well, you know, Man up, buddy, it'll be better next time. But the the thing that martial arts teaches us is perseverance, right? And the key in that is learning how best to take a hit, quote unquote, and get back up, whether it's in sparring practice or maybe you slipped during practicing kata or something like that, right? Well, get back up and do it again. Don't look around and go, Oh, I feel stupid, and quit. You gotta keep going, right? But right. you know haven't you haven't you noticed Bob that this kind of lesson sometimes seems to be lost in 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 our culture now because you know in some places some places are like every kid gets a trophy right we're in a culture where every kid gets an award every kid is the best no one's a loser right I wasn't brought up that way in my martial arts. I know you weren't, and I know some of our other friends weren't, right? In the martial arts, you have to learn to fail a lot. It's the only way to become a master. That was, you know, I heard that ever since I was a little kid. You're going to make mistakes. It's not true learning without making mistakes. There's no such thing as perfection, but the goal is to be as perfect as you can be eventually, and you just got to keep going. You know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off after you fall off the horse and get back on. Uh, take that hit. Um, but, you know, if if anyone's like saying, oh, well, you know, you didn't do so well, but, you know, here's your sticker anyway. What? It's just going to, you know, wouldn't you think that that would just make a child think, well, I don't have to work so hard because I get an award anyway, right? So, right. Yeah. All right, so kids out there, if you're just tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rasita and Robert, and this is your episode. This is the kids' episode. So if you want to talk to us live on the air, give us a call, 347-677-0699. Tell us what you like about martial arts or maybe what you don't like about martial arts. Um, and also stay tuned because we're going to be joined a little later by a student of mine and his mother. So I'm just going to get through all of these uh, benefits of martial arts here real quick so we can get to our guests. All right. Another benefit is respect for others through self-confidence. Now, every martial artist ultimately learns that this sense of respect um, is based out of having confidence. Your child in martial arts lessons will learn that confidence and respect for others comes from a deep sense of self-knowledge and self-worth. And, uh, you know, in martial arts, I find that kids, I can see when kids make these steps in enhancing their their self-confidence and their self-worth. Because, you know, when they learn something for the first time, and I know you've seen this too, Uh, Bob, when kids learn something for the first time, it's hard. And I can tell when people are almost at that point where they want to give up on it. They're like, this is too hard, you know? Um, But I keep at it and I go, you're not going to get any better unless you practice it. Right. Practice it every day, you know, and then they learn it and they can do it. And it's easy. And I can see the, how it clicks in all of their eyes and, 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 and in turn, they become more confident, like I've got this one little girl in my class. she is a whirlwind when it comes to when it comes to uh kung fu technique, you know, kind of like a natural so to speak, but she's really shy, really painfully shy. She was painfully shy when she came to me, I mean hiding behind Daddy's leg and wouldn't come out. I had to coerce her out onto the floor in little tiny steps, <laughs> right and you know, now she she's, you know, she's kind of shy, but at least now she counts out loud. She she um smiles and gives me a high five and a real high five, not a like, oh, I I have to touch your hand because you told me so, but a real high five. And you know, it took a little while, but you know, because she's gaining all these skills, you know, she's doing really great. And you know, and all of the kids are doing great, but she was painfully painfully shy. So you know I have to take a look at that and and go wow you know look look how it helped right all right another another benefit is an important benefit the mind body connection now one thing that is not taught at health clubs is how to really listen to your body okay now let me back up because I don't want any personal trainers out there going well I do. Well, I'm not talking about personal trainers. I'm talking about like you go to a health club where you pay like 40 bucks a quarter or something like that and you go in and you do the, you know, the classes on your own or you you do the workout on your own and then pay for extra classes, right? Um, but if you're working out on your working out on your own, you don't really learn how to listen to your body, right? Now, what right. is listening to your body? Well, listening to your body is being aware of your thoughts at any given time and having a heightened awareness of what your body is feeling and doing and having a a heightened awareness of your emotional status as well. Any good martial artist is taught to see, feel, and listen, both inside and on the outside. Um, You also learn how to tap into your intuition. You learn how to tap into your fear and your courage. And uh, it's this type of training Um, that if you, uh, couple that internal training with your physical, it really makes sure that your, that your training goes, you know, out the window. It's, 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 it's an incredible way to enhance and accelerate your martial arts training. Okay. Last but not, uh, not, sorry, not last but not least next to last conflict resolution. One of the first lessons I learned as a kid was that quote unquote words were never grounds for a fight. OK, and that advice pretty much, you know, saved my hide more than a few times when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid because I was always the smallest in my classes. Um, I was very quiet wow. back then. Also, go figure. Right. Bob would be like, you were. What did Yeah. What happened to you, Rusty? Yeah. Um, you know, and I learned to ignore the names because. You know, they can say a bad word all they want. It's not punching me in the face. You know, what is that word, you know, dummy? Going to just fly across the air and punch me in the eye? No, it's not. So I learned to I learned to ignore it. Um, would that mean, though, that I wouldn't get angry? No, of course I'd get angry. Of course I'd be hurt. I'd go home and get, I'd go home and in tears and, and cry. Nobody likes me. Why is everyone bullying me? Why is everyone hitting me? Right. Um, But eventually, you know, through the martial arts, I learned how to respond without reacting in a way that would make the bullies satisfied. Right. So I learned how not to cry, but rather to stand up and say, hey, that's not cool. That's not cool. I'm going to go tell a teacher. No, you're not. Watch me. And I'd go tell a teacher. You know, I didn't care if I'd be branded a a, a tattletale. Who cares? If someone is breaking the rules, i.e., trying to hit me, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go tell somebody, you know. And that's, you know, that's the way it works. It's called following the rules. And, uh, you know, eventually I learned to talk my way out of things, how to outsmart the bullies and stuff like that. So that way they look stupid in front of their peers. That was my favorite way to get at bullies was to make them look stupid. Um, and eventually, you know, when when you show confidence, you know, um, bullies won't mess with you anymore. And uh, but on the other hand, also, even if you get along with somebody, folks. So let's say you have a uh, argument with a friend of yours, right? Through martial arts, you learn how to use your words to really start to understand what the other person is saying. Okay, cuz you know, uh how would how would you describe an argument? How would you define an argument, Bob?
1: Are uh, two angry people that that are yelling at each other having a disagreement over something?
2: Mm-hmm. They may or may not, not be
1: raising their voice.
2: Mhm. Uh, well, that's technically what uh, what uh, what a an argument is. Um, I don't necessarily think you have to be angry, but it's when two people have a disagreement, and that usually stems from both people thinking they're right. And, uh, the, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong, and both people think the same way, and, of course, we're going to try to get their point across, right? Um, but the, the thing is about arguments, kids, take a listen to this now. The thing is about arguments is that a lot of times we – want to really put out the reason why we are right. I want you to know why I'm right, and you're going to agree with me. And you don't hear what the other person has to say, and that's where the voices start to to get louder because, you know, granted the other person might not be yelling, but because, you know, you don't hear what they have to say and and they don't hear what you have to say, everybody just raises their voice. And it's, it's you know, and it's sad because, because you don't understand what the other person is talking about. You only understand what you want to happen. And you don't really care about what the other person wants. And is that really how you keep friends, kids? So, you know, next time you get into an argument, what I want you to try, kids, is let's say you have a disagreement, right, about something important other than video games, you know just sit back and go okay wait a minute so just so i get this right what you're saying is and word it in another way about what you heard okay because because um uh, two things happen okay it uh makes them be quiet because they they want to listen to see if you got what they said right because they're automatically going to want to correct you if you're wrong Right. And that that's exactly what happens with adults, too. If you say, hold on. Let me let me see if I got this right. You said they're going to they're going to be quiet because they're going to want to hear what you have to say so they can prove you wrong. But if you're right. Then they can talk. okay, and then you can talk. Right. And it's the same thing with martial arts. Right. If someone kicks you in the leg, it's going to do you no good to kick them back in the leg during sparring because, you know, what if they're good at blocking a low kick? Right. So what you kind of have to do is like return a defense, uh, a a set of sparring techniques that they can understand. So that way it turns into a sparring sparring match, not a I'm going to beat you because I'm bigger type of thing. So, you know, it's 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 so cool how martial arts teaches that. Okay, last but not least, you learn to breathe. All the kids out there are snickering right now. I already know how to breathe. Well, really? Do you? Okay. <laughs> now, um, I'm sure Bob, you had teachers that told you also that they could tell how someone could fight by just watching how the opponent
1: breathes. Oh yeah, breathe, move. If they kept, if they talked, they weren't interested in fighting.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, and, uh, and I teach that too to uh, <coughs> the older kids that how someone breathes, you know, determines whether or not they're going to fight, that they're going to hit, or they're going to back down, um, or even how they move. It's it's possible. I know there are a lot of kids out there that are shaking their heads and not believing me, but it is possible to read how people breathe, okay? And uh, believe it or not, you can actually calm people down by kind of coercing the other person to follow your breathing pattern, assuming that it's slower. I've tried it before. It works. <laughs> now,
0: um,
2: nothing is more essential to the success of how we do martial arts or moving our body in general then tapping into our breath. Now, if you ask any pro athlete or an actor or a dancer or a singer, they'll tell you that to succeed in any physical craft, you have to breathe correctly. All right? I I mean, I'm shocked sometimes working with grown-ups who never learned to breathe properly when under physical exertion. You know, do you get that too? Do you, do you find telling students to breathe, breathe, you're turning purple?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes, oh my God, when they hold their breath, like when you're lifting weights or something, you're exerting and you're holding yeah. your breath.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, come on, folks, breathe. And and for the kids out there, let me let let me and Bob explain something to you, okay? Ki, okay, I know my students have learned about ki. Ki is the yell that we do but it doesn't mean yell it means meeting of the spirit or harmony of the spirit putting the mind and the body together when you kia you're breathing in order to put out a nice big yell you have to take a big inhale and let it out sharply okay and uh, i found that 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 kids or adults that don't breathe when they're doing their forms look very tight are not as strong, their stances aren't, aren't as deep, their techniques are not as powerful. But when you start breathing, when you start ki or even just exhaling whew, like that, everything falls into place and everything's stronger. So a ton of benefits from martial arts training, and I hope all the parents out there do consider um, getting their kids into martial arts, uh, this isn't just a shout-out, you know, to get, you know, martial arts schools to get new students, but this is true. I'm a, I'm a full believer in that martial arts is more than just punch and kick.
1: So, with That's that That's right. Now, said, with that, do not – and this really upsets me. I want the parents who really can stand behind their kids and not use the the dojo or the or the or the dojang – as a babysitting service.
2: Oh, I can't I can't stress that enough, okay? Um, and I'm sure the kids would appreciate that too, right? When the kids are done at karate class, you know, they're waiting for you. The kids are tired. The kids are hungry. They want to go home and have dinner if they haven't had it already because some of these kids come straight from school. And if you're late without letting your kid know, you know up to a half hour to an hour late, without letting me know or the teacher know, then you know it does cause a little bit of anxiety in the kids, right um especially if the teacher of of their class has to teach another one has to teach another class, they can't be that babysitter for your child if you're late without calling now we can understand if there's a, a, a like an accident or something. We understand that and we'll give you free passes for things that are out of your control. However, I've had more than a few instances where parents will just choose to not come on time because oh, I'm having such a great time with with my girlfriend, so I'll I'll just wait another hour or you know, or something. I don't know. You know, it's uh, one time I had some lady be like three hours late because she was at a bar drinking. And it it, it, it it was just disgusting. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then that lady yelled at me for asking why she was late. I'm like, um, it's 10 p.m.
1: <laughs> you are three yeah, and then, hours late. And then- and then the kids at the kids told you that this happens all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's and pretty it's just, upsetting.
2: Yeah, and at that point I felt like a daycare service, a cheap daycare, and that's just you no. Know, okay, so parents, just know that we're as much a teacher as the teachers at your public schools um and we and we spend the same amount of time outside of our classes to plan for our classes and to provide a great curriculum for our classes just as public school kids do, and uh yeah, there you go, okay, now, with that said um let's uh let's do this real quick let's just take just another really, 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 really short break. Okay, for seventh inning stretch, and when we come back, we'll have the rest of the show with Michael and his mother Renee, so we're gonna just uh spend about ooh maybe about four minutes with Earth Wind and Fire. Don't go away. <laughs> stretch with me, folks, with Earth, Wind, and Fire. We just needed a little bit of old school there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you're just now tuning in, we've got a little more than a half hour left in our live broadcast. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And I want to bring on the line right now uh, one of my students at uh, Body Movement Arts. And uh, his name is Michael. I'm going to bring his uh, mic up here a little bit. We've got Michael's mic up. Hey Michael, how you doing there, buddy? Good, awesome. Well thank you and thank your mom Renee for joining us today on the show. Um I've just got a couple questions there for you, buddy, because it's our Sunday brunch show. Um for kids episode actually. Um what 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 got you into martial arts? What what made you interested? In martial arts, did you see a movie or something like that that made you think, that's cool, I want to do that? What got you interested?
3: Well, my friend Lila kind of got me into it. She told me about it. She said she did it, and it was really fun. And I saw The Karate Kid, and that looked interesting. So I Uh, wanted to check it out.
2: Oh, very cool! The karate. No, was that the uh, was that the which Karate Kid was it? Because there's two movies. Uh Did you see the one with? um, uh,
1: uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan.
2: Oh, did you see the one with Jackie Chan, Mike, or the one with? uh, uh, I saw
1: the one. The old one.
3: Mr. Miyagi and the the other guy. The one with. Oh. Very cool. Very cool. And awesome. Very
2: cool. Yeah. And if uh, if I remember correctly, I think you tried a free class with Lila one time yeah. and uh, ended up liking it. Yeah. Now, what's your what's one of your favorite things about martial arts?
3: Well, I kind of like the kicks and some strikes. Mm-hmm. Like my kick is the side kick because it's. Kind of hard to do, but it it it's um it helps you defend yourself, but it also mm-hmm. has some power to it.
2: Mhm, it
3: does. It has a lot of power. It's a it's a very powerful
2: kick. The side kick is now. How old are you, Michael? I'm nine. Nine? I turned nine on the twelfth. Oh, awesome! Very cool. And uh, uh, Michael is a uh, high beginner. He's uh in the yellow orange range and uh we're gonna be getting him ready for his next uh bell ranks up there. Now, you know, uh, as you know, uh Michael, we practice forms in class. Uh what the, I was gonna ask what your favorite form was. But yeah, let's let's do that. What's your favorite form what's your favorite form so far, Michael? Um concentration one. Concentration one. What's your favorite part about concentration one? Crane strikes. The crane strikes. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we've got in concentration one, we've got like two crane strikes that are followed by a big lunge push, and then you come back into another uh, flex. Well, we call it flex two, whereas some other arts call it cat stance. And it's a it's a beautiful movement that's uh that's very prevalent in northern styles of kung fu, and uh, that's that particular form actually, uh introduces the kung fu the soft kung fu movements uh, to the kids. And uh, it's a cool form, and it's 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 obvious that you like that form, Michael, because you do it really really well. So good job, good job on that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take the microphone. Over to Sifu Bob. Um, Sifu Bob, do you have any questions for Michael?
1: I, you know, I I do have a couple of questions, Michael. What when when you were well, what what brought you to body movement Arts? Um, um Sifu. Well, what was was uh, isn't that sweet. Well, well, I, I figured. Was it was it the fact that you found a teacher just around your height?
2: Okay,
0: no. you know. <laughs>
2: okay, you know.
1: All right. Oh, on, even Renee was laughing at that. I heard her giggle in the background. <laughs>
2: okay, Michael, Bob was making a joke about how short I am, so. I, <laughs> I, oh, good. I, I was hoping I wouldn't have to explain it.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, but, <laughs> this whole conversation I was going, how am I going to weave that in there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was getting ready to push this button. Oh. You know, I was like, oh, thanks, Michael. But, you know, actually, you know, you know Lila had a big thing to do about that also because lila likes um martial arts and i think we had if i remember correctly we had a bring a friend night and lila without skipping a beat said oh 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 i'm gonna bring somebody i'm like well have you asked asked that person yet no but i'm sure he'd want to come she was so excited about inviting you yeah she was so excited so anyway okay back to you bob (laughs) questions for michael
1: Okay, so so it was a friend that was involved that brought you to, to so so between you and your mother there was really no searching out schools. You found seafood through a friend and you've liked her ever since. Yes. Now how long have you been with seafood?
3: Um I'm in third grade now and I've been since like kindergarten. So like Really? Three.
1: Good for you.
3: That's, that's mm-hmm. actually, you know how long that is in kids' years, like in the middle of kindergarten, yeah,
1: oh, good for you, good for you, I uh, you know, I tried to slip a little joke in the rusty and it didn't work out for me,
3: <laughs> good, <laughs> <It's>
1: all, <laughs> you, I know you always have my back uh, what, out of the arts, you're learning, Michael, which is your favorite because you're learning theca Khan uh. K- K- Campo, uh, Arnis.
2: You know the difference? stick fighting yeah uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't i don't know oh sorry you know. oh okay well, that,
0: does not know the difference of,
2: well, yeah well what which uh which did, do you like the uh, when we work with sticks do you like that do you like um lately we've been getting into sparring had the, you know do you like sparring better than forms i mean do you like it all what do what do you like
3: i like it all but my favorite is um when we do like foamy sword fighting or the games yes. <laughs> yes. like crab soccer? Sparring. <laughs>
2: yeah, we call that sparring, and that's a it's a and we do that kind of sparring before we do um, real sparring, where you have to put on the gloves and the protective gear and and stuff like that. And it's fun though, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And um and flag sparring. Don't forget flag sparring. Flag sparring's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah. We've had we've had some really rocking fun classes lately and it's just gonna get funner, Michael. So, you know, get ready for those.
1: <laughs> yeah, <I'm good. laughs> right on. So, so so when when are you having him test for his next rank, Cecil?
2: Um, he has to learn a bit of uh, he has to learn one more form. And uh, then we'll be going. Then we'll be going on for that.
1: Very cool, Michael. Good job, buddy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you should be because you're doing really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted. I want to tell you, Michael, that um, your 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 mom posted a video on Facebook for her friends to see of, of you doing Monkey One. And uh, now, because your mom is a friend of mine on Facebook, my friends saw it too. And all of my friends are martial arts masters, and they all said, oh, my goodness, where, where does yellow belt? Where does slash orange belt, you know, fall into your belt? And I said, oh, it's a beginner's rank. And all of these other masters said, holy moly, that is so cool. So, you know, you've got other I martial think I arts I saw that
1: video, and that was yeah. very cool.
2: Yeah, so you have other martial arts masters saying, "Wow, this kid's doing great." So keep up the good work, there, Michael. Very cool. Well, let's let's do this, Michael. Let's um uh, let's have you bring the phone over to your mom because me and Sifu Bob are gonna talk to your mom for a little bit, okay?
3: Okay. And just one thing I want to say to listeners: they should really get into martial arts.
2: Good man. Good for good you. Man. Yeah.
3: Yeah, good <laughs> shout out. I love it.
2: Awesome. <laughs> All right. Hi Renee. This is Renee. This is Michael's mom and we're going to be talking to we're going to be talking to Renee for a little bit. So Renee, I mean, you know, 3 years Michael's been doing martial arts. Um, you know, have you uh what types of you know, what types of things and that you've seen in his growth that uh that you've noticed since he started taking martial arts?
4: Oh, a lot. <laughs> that, three <laughs> years <made> of, <laughs> that three years of time from kindergarten to third grade has been a dramatic difference, um, just personally in him. But mm-hmm. what I've noticed the most is the more he seems to come to cl- the more he comes to class, the more he's gaining an overall understanding of working together as a team even though i think at first he didn't view any of his martial arts as a team sport mm-hmm. i'm seeing him come in with more respect to the other students in the dojo whether they're in his class or whether they come before or after class and wait around and he's seeing you know familiar faces <clears throat> excuse me he's learned to work on something personal himself as a goal mm-hmm. But he's also learned to work with the other students in his class and have respect for the people within his immediate space, which has been Mm
0: -hmm.
4: a big challenge for him. You know, kids go to school, they stand in crowded lines, and classrooms are so thick that when they're doing anything or moving around, there's just kids everywhere. And he's had a huge struggle with that, and over time I'm noticing that as he comes in and has to be more disciplined in class, lining up or working together or taking turns or whatever it happens to be, he's finding it easier to move within his own space and have an awareness to it, but Mm -hmm. yet respect that somebody may enter his space without it feeling so threatening. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. He's not feeling like the outside world as much of a personal threat to him I think he's gained more self confidence within his own body, and the movements and connections from mind and body. Yet, mm-hmm. just spatial spatial awareness, mm-hmm. uh, physical awareness mm-hmm. on what how he's keeping his own body. It's just it's become just a huge eye opener for him just about the world. I think patience mm-hmm. level. He's he's astonishing with thinking ahead now. Whereas mm-hmm. impulse control is a big deal for him with the ADHD, we were talking about. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's he, um, although I I see adults with what I think are the ADHD
0: symptoms that are mm-hmm. less you know less
4: impulse control than these, some of these kids have, but mm-hmm. he's he's changed a lot in this last three years, even the amount of respect that he gives inside the dojo is finally starting to carry on in the home a little bit, you know, I'm mom, so it's harder to get that level of expectation that I have met, but um, it's respect. Isn't something that people have automatically earned with Michael.
0: Mm -hmm. And
4: I think that's just part of his, where he is in the ego phase, Mm -hmm. but he's learning. He's learning that, even if he doesn't automatically respect someone that he has to be respectful out in the world. So that's mm-hmm. been really nice. That's been a huge yeah. growth
2: for him. Well, that, that's, that's, it's hard for many kids to understand. It's like, well, I don't like them. So therefore I'm just going to treat them badly, you know, right. because I don't like them. And, you know, and they, and, and to many kids it's, it's a justifiable feeling. And, you know, and we can say, "Hey, you still got to be respectable." But, but it, for many kids, it's hard to understand, and uh, right. you know, especially with kids with ADD or ADHD, it's it's especially hard yeah. um, to understand. Now, did you consider martial arts for Michael before uh, his friend Lila got him into the class? At you all, know. Or? I have
4: always thought that because he had such severe impulse control problems and just being in a class and following along, we tried a couple of places before we came to you and he had he had two experiences that were um I don't it's fairly overwhelming for him. The classes were mm-hmm. quite large. They were in a gymnasium that you know, at that point in his life in kindergarten, he would walk into a gym and the big echoey space and it just it just was a place where he would get amped up rather than calm uh-huh. down. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, 30 kids in one area where all the space is so echoey and, you know, somebody's yelling at you to try. He had kind of the wrong people to start with. He, he met with an instructor that was very... Um, well, you I don't know if you remember me complaining. He, yeah. he was the one. Very <laughs> military mom, mom almost went to the mat with the instructor <laughs> 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 with no training. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The guy literally was, um, just do as I say and don't ask questions. And at that point, Michael was very much in the, why do you want me to do this? And he had mm-hmm. to ask questions. You know, I've noticed in your class that he's learning when it's appropriate to ask a question, how, what types of questions are uh, pertaining to what you're doing in class, whereas before that was really tough. Like, why do I have to line up or why do I have to stand here? Before mm-hmm. he would see why somebody wanted him to. And he didn't have the right environment that would support now is not the time to ask the question or just wait and see or, you know, however you've led him along. Mm-hmm. And the instructor went kind of toe-to-toe with Michael's um, lack of automatic respect as I guess, the best way I mm-hmm. could describe it. And because of that, he had a huge meltdown and there was this big ordeal and it was just drama. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, that's the second incident we've had like this I guess that's just not going to be the sport for him for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Lila's dad kept saying, you know, Lila well, really wants to bring Michael. Why don't you let me pick him up and just take him to class? I'm like, yeah, maybe someday. And I put it in the back of my head. Yeah, I kind of blew him off. Mm-hmm. And then you know, <laughs> They kept at it. You know, Lila wants somebody to do something, and she kept at it. And, Michael, you ought to do this. And Michael kept asking me. And, okay, finally I thought, okay, let's go. And he walked in and just – Became a part of the program. It was just instantly the perfect fit. It was um, a forgiving environment, yet an environment where he wanted to learn. And somebody Mm -hmm. saw that he wanted to learn and took that and taught him not only the martial arts movements and the study of the art itself, but how to be in a class and how and when to ask questions. And I'll get to that and don't worry. And he he felt comfortable there and he respected the environment a little bit more automatically and i just think the difference is that he had somebody going, you know what? You'll get there. But just wait and we're going to try this first or you know it was just a, it was just a difference mm-hmm. in you do have to respect this and me and them but it wasn't a hey Shut up!
0: Right.
4: (laughs)
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've been to some schools that were like that. You know, I visited mm -hmm. some schools that were like that. It's just like, shut up, you know, and or very militaristic and and stuff. And but you know the and and, then this is something that I want to put out to the martial arts instructors out there is that you know martial arts instructors you have to remember that kids are not many adults and kids have to be taught why. They're doing something, and because, you know, by the time we're adults, we already know how to follow instructions and, and how to follow instructions, so we don't look like we're causing, you know, uh, a strife in, in right. a situation and stuff like that. We know that because we can think ahead, but kids don't. And, you know, I had to study a lot of child psychology and, and stuff like that just to be able to, like, come up with a curriculum that will fit all kids and You know, but this is why I teach. It's like, you know, kids like Michael, kids like Lila, kids like Rebecca, who I spoke about a little bit earlier, you know, the painfully shy one, you know. And um, even in my Tiny Tigers class, I've got a little kid that um, just doesn't know, uh, not doesn't know how to follow instructions. He refuses to follow instructions. But it's because he's at an age where the terrible twos came late,
4: and mm-hmm. I, have, Michael I have
2: to work that. I have to work with yeah. that and and uh, work with that and just let them know, you know, this is my space. This is not CAM space. This is my space, and we're going to do what we're going to do because it results in you getting to do what you want to do. You know, the if-then. Um, but a okay. lot of teachers don't teach in the if-then thing. They just kind of go do.
0: <laughs>
2: right, you know, I.
4: I've seen parents reacting much the same way these days. I think a lot of people are handing their children a lot of technology, handheld technology to keep them occupied. And, you Mm -hmm. know, as a child of the 70s, I think we grew up being parked in front of a television, but now that little entertainment device is mobile. And parents have, I think, less patience for... Follow through with their own children, for, for lack of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing people. The children are getting instant reward, or instant being instantly occupied, and they're not t- being taught to wait, or earn. You know, we're talking about the all the children being rewarded with a trophy because they participated, and mm-hmm. yet back in our day we used to tr- like baseball tryouts are coming up and. Some leagues now, everybody who plays gets a trophy, whereas when we were growing up, you had to earn that trophy. And it right. was a sense of pride because you earned something that was kind of a rare thing, and you achieved right. this level of greatness. Right. And now we're having all these instant gratification, and you don't have mm-hmm. to work right. very hard for that. And, you know, I think that impulse control that children lack, what, I've seen with some of the parents is they're just letting their kids go in and, well, you know, you kind of have to do that because that's what the class is like, but then you have opposite, whereas I'm raised very militant and you do as I say, not because, not just because I said and don't ask, but there's yeah. got to be a balance between those. I always mm-hmm. jokingly tell Michael, if you had to go live in Japan and study under somebody's family member in martial arts, you would learn that you just can't, walk around in the world and just say things like that. You know, I'm,
0: mm-hmm. I'm like, Michael,
4: we should just move to Japan for like two or three years until you get through that mouthy <laughs> stage.
0: <laughs> see, see
4: if you earn anything from those elderly men that are going to teach you the <laughs> the way. Yeah. But but there's a balance nowadays. Children aren't taught to not run around in a store and they're not
2: yeah.
4: taught to be patient and not have something to occupy you at every single second and that instant gratification of, yeah, I'm going to take this martial arts class, and I'm just going to earn my next belt because my mom's paying for it, or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah,
2: exactly. There's there's exactly.
4: very little balance outside the doors anymore.
2: Hmm. And and I agree. You make a good point there about like the instant gratification and and what do they call it now? The uh, um, Oh, it's a the, it's a word for in, entitled kids these days. Affluenza, and affluenza, you know, usually applies to rich kids, but I, I don't think it applies just to rich kids. I mean, affluent in anything. If some if some kid always gets what they want and expects, right. you know, something because they ask for it, then that's the attitude they're going to carry. It doesn't matter if they're middle right. class or you know, uber rich, and. You know this the sense of affluenza with with kids these days. With not all, but some kids, it it just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind, and you know it it just you know like um and and it and it stems to the parents too. One time this was years ago, many years ago. I had one parent basically read me the riot act because I didn't put her kid on the testing roster to test for purple belt. Well. He wasn't in classes for like two months, so he didn't have all his requirements, and he didn't have the same. He didn't have the same amount of hours as everybody else that you know were going up for purple belt, and uh, so his name wasn't on the roster. Uh, they showed up anyway, and I said, "I'm sorry, you know, Timmy's not on the roster." And right there in front of everyone, she read me the riot act, just like tore me up and down, and I was like, "Excuse me." You knew what the requirements are. He was not in class for two months, you know. And if he told you he was going to class, well he wasn't here. So maybe that's <laughs> something you need to like you know, that's something yeah. you need to like take up with your kid. Right? Yeah. Um I but think I can't everybody's test in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, I can't well, say. You know, yeah, it's awful. That
4: conversation <laughs> has gone on with within some of the, the kids that are like some of the siblings Michael's had in his class. With he and Lila, they've all sort of paled around together quite a bit after school, and they've all sort of been within the same time frame of being in class.
0: But Mm -hmm. some of them
4: commit to going you know, Lila started first, so she's a little upper rank, and then Michael's been going consistently,
0: so he's Mm -hmm. earned
4: his level of rank, and then he's got Mm -hmm. some other kids who have come and gone a couple of times, and the ranks are starting to pull away from each other. But what I hear in conversation is, well, that's not fair because I'm older or I started before him. or And Michael's attitude now has gone, well, yeah, but are you practicing? I mean, instead of just, yeah. well, why don't you? And I hear him tell these other kids, why don't you ask your mom if you can come back to class? You know, he's really encouraging people to come back. Yeah but but what they're seeing is well if I come back I have to test for this belt or I want to earn that and he's like well you got to come to class and you got to practice you got to know, mm-hmm. you know so
2: wow it's,
4: he's actually teaching them the the kids that know each other try to yeah. outrank each other because they've started first or because they feel like they deserve it without yeah. thinking about the time that they've had to put in right and that right. that level of commitment people ask Michael all the time well how long are you going to take Kung Fu. How long are you going to take martial arts? He's like, well, why would I ever quit? This is sort of his attitude. I mean, how long? I'm never going to. Why would I ever quit taking it? You just keep bettering yourself. So wow. I think he just sees it as a, a lifestyle, something mm-hmm. he just does in his life, which is really I'm wow. really thankful.
2: Yeah, those are wise words out of a, a a boy so young. I mean, you know, and it's like you know, I mean, to be honest, I kind of had the same feeling about the 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 kids he's hanging around you know i i you know i had a feeling that some Uh kids were thinking well i'm older well right it doesn't matter how old you are it's how good you are um he had that
4: reality as well when he's had kids who have come in that are much younger who have outranked him that's Mm -hmm. something that he's had to learn to be respectful of it's like okay he you see this kid is younger than you so in his mind He's lived longer, he's supposed to know more, which in his small ego makes him better or whatever. Right. But he's had to be very respectful of the kids who were upper rank. And he's actually right. seen with his he, – when he watches them perform or test, he's like, wow, she's really good watching Lilica and, you know, some of right. the other kids that we've seen. And and he respects that somebody may have just joined our class, but they've taken a different martial art, so they may be better at doing forms, even though they're a lower-ranked belt. Right. And, um, I've seen that level of competition, always having to be first and always having to win, is heavy with him. But mm-hmm. he's also respectful of, wow, you're really good, even though you're six and I'm nine, you know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a, okay, yeah. bow to you. <laughs> yeah.
3: So. You know, and
2: it's it's a good lesson for any child to learn that, you know, that in the martial <laughs> arts, it's not a matter of how old you are. It's a matter of the time you're in and, and, and the skill level. Because, you know, like all of the students, even though they hang out with each other, may not know – you know, what extra practice they do, or if they do private lessons, or if they, you know, um, do some other activity that enhances their coordination or whatever, they don't, they might not know that. But, you know, if it's the only time they see a kid in class and they go, well, why why are they an orange belt and I'm nine and they're seven, you know, I should be higher, you know, then of course they're going to think that, you know, they're going to have that sense of seniority. So... All right. um, I'm going to give the mic over to Bob now. Bob, questions for Renee or Michael. Okay, Bob, now don't start in because
4: if you're making fun of Sifu, we're the same height.
2: (laughs) Oh, well,
1: I I always do that. That was actually the second height joke in three
4: days. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, I'd gladly walk down a dark alley with Sifu at the same height as me, and I could hide behind her very well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh oh So now I
1: got two chicks on the line With attitude Is that what it is yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, got, you, you, got,
2: you got one chick With attitude and you've got another chick That only gets an attitude when uh, short jokes Are being told uh, god. Well god I was planning
1: On coming up there in April I may have to change my plans then <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> Renee, you, you've you've got Michael in these, act- in these actors. Great martial arts school in in, in school. D- does he tend to get get sick because? And I've always wanted to ask a parent this: because he's in school in martial arts, does he get sick because he's surrounded by so many people that are carrying germs?
4: <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Michael spent. <laughs> it's funny you should ask. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> Last year I had quite the um, interesting toe-to-toe battle with the public school district here, and I kept Michael out of school for just about a year and a half. And it was while I was basically fighting for him to be in a general ed classroom and not have to be in a special ed classroom, because he falls within a category of needing some support But that level of support just hadn't been being provided appropriately. So the Seattle Public School District's answer was, let's shove him off into a corner. And I'm going, no. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. while I was battling that, Michael was home and being homeschooled. And I don't think he got sick once. (laughs) Now that we're back in school again, he's had two colds (laughs) and one flu. (laughs) (laughs) So the Petri dish exists. I'm going to vouch for that. I'm pretty sure it's the fact that there's so many kids coughing into their, hopefully, elbows. But, um, yeah, that small space. He gets sick somewhat easily now, but he didn't all last year. Wow. Wow. Roundabout answer.
0: (laughs) Right,
1: right. Now, so seafood. how do you tailor... Do you tailor your classes around special needs children?
2: Um, It's not so much that I tailor my classes around spe- spe- special needs, but more so I tailor to kids, if that makes sense, right? Because all kids at one point or another uh, will all learn in the same fashion i've found um the thing that differs is when they learn in those fashions. So i've found that in my classes because on the big four that's uh visual learning, right? tactical learning. You have to be able to feel touch that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um right. Audible, uh using auditory cues, right? Um and then basically just fun. So four things, right? And uh, what, what I do is I say, okay, this is what I want to do for this week. This is the skills I want to build this week. And I have to sit down for like maybe a half hour, an hour, and, and decide what drills do I want to do, what can I do to make it fun. And um, if I use all four categories for each drill um, and make sure that each drill involves visual, tactical, and auditory cues, that each child, regardless of uh, learning disability, whether it's ADHD or or what have you, um, each child learns in the best way they can. Because some kids learn better seeing things. Some kids learn better by touching and feeling and um, maybe, you know, feeling what it's like to throw the teacher or to put a lock on the teacher or whatever. Um, and, and, And also, you know, being able to hear the instructions as they see it. You know, you've got combination learners also. And some of these kids regardless of how slow they learn something or how fast they learn something, they're either being on that road to learning a skill or if they're, you know, a natural at martial arts, they've already learned the skill and then I then I, you know, kind of bump it up a little bit. I set the stakes a little higher for that skill. So that way everybody's working on the same skill in their own way, in their own fashion, um, at their own speed. And I always try to make sure that everyone goes home knowing that they learned something and feel good about it. Um, you know, that's uh, that's the big thing is letting I them know find, that they learned something. I
4: always find that interesting as an observer when the kids are in class while I'm watching when you have several different ranks of children or ages um, that are varied within a couple of years how even though each rank may have already honed a skill or learned it better and there's the person next to them might have never seen it before just now how you can tailor one class with several students and yet get each individual student being their own learner as well like you're teaching one one skill set to 12 kids yet each kid might have a different level of that skill Mm -hmm. or never seen it before it's interesting how you can give an overview show it the first time or show it the thousandth time and still individually help each student with their own mastery of that particular skill
2: it's you know it's it's taken me you know years to to figure out the flow of doing something like that cuz believe you me I struggled with it in my younger days I'm like <laughs> how am I going to do this and you know um I had to figure out a way to to do that and to teach my assistants you know how to do the same thing and you know they struggle with it too cuz they're not you know they haven't been teaching as long right but you know it's right. it's it's all about if I were to explain to someone what it is, you know, it's it's like doing a one-on-one private lesson with every kid in the mm-hmm. same room mm-hmm. um, as a group and talking to everyone at I mean, the same time. And that's the hard you part. You
4: definitely have had, at least in the classes that we've experienced, you've definitely had sort of a spectrum of children with different mm-hmm. abilities, whether they're a visual learner. I've seen you hit each cue with several different kids. Oh, that one's not paying attention because you're talking, and they don't mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> but yeah, as as so I have moving, to That something. kid has your, right, and then that kid has your attention, while the other kid who was the auditory learner has tuned out now because he's already heard you or whatever. Each yeah. kid gets their, whatever they need in particular, and you've touched on several points. I noticed when Michael's not paying attention and I start thinking, oh no, as an observer and mom, of course, I always have higher expectations. I'm like, oh no, he's not paying attention. And then boom, (laughs) you've reeled him right back in. (laughs) (laughs) Your class is literally the first one that I've walked into and seen that Michael was comfortable enough that I didn't worry about any communication between student and master or, you know, I could easily drop Michael off and leave and come and get him again. But I say for classes because I really enjoy watching him. I really enjoy watching him learn
2: for himself and grow as a person. Right Mm -hmm. on. Well, I just want to let our listeners know that uh, uh, we have about five minutes to our live broadcast. However, because there are some other questions that we want to ask Renee, we're going to be going a little bit over time um, and recording through Archive. Um, So for those of you listening live on blogtalkradio.com, we are going to be going off the air in about four minutes. But don't worry, give us another 30 minutes and you can listen to the very end of the show by listening to the archive by clicking the very same link that you got here with. So, um, So if all of a sudden your computer goes dead... It's nothing that you did. It's because Blog Talk Radio says you're off the air, but we're recording. So listen to the full archived show, and people can listen to these shows at any time. You can download them or stream them live through iTunes. But yeah, let's keep moving because this uh, this uh, this particular subject is uh, is is very important, um, especially for parents of kids and for kids too. And and I'm sure we're going to ask Michael a few other questions here in uh, probably the 15, uh, 10, 15 minutes that we're going to go over time. Um, So yeah. So Bob, to answer your question, it's not so much that I tailor. It's um, that it's it's a matter of recognizing what each child needs, right? Because like, you know, I think that when people, you know, use the term ADD, ADHD, that that these days it's used more as a, a label or a a symptom of something. You know what I mean? It's kinda of like, oh, he's ADHD. You know, okay. ADHD well, I don't think defines a kid. What's that noise?
1: You I don't that? know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, dum, I dum, I dum, thought dum, that dum, dum, was the dum, dum, ending
1: music coming out it what it dum, 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 like.
2: dum, dum. No, it sounds like bongos. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did. It sounds like bongos. Anyway. Um but yeah, you know, the well, term eight there it is again.
1: There it is. Every time you start talking. I'm I'm hearing drumming in my head again. Oh my God.
2: Hear the voices. <laughs> Do you hear I, anything like I, that,
1: Renee? I don't hear it.
2: <laughs> oh God. That's weird.
1: She's the same one.
2: Yeah. Um I you know, I I like I said, you know, I don't think ADD or ADHD or autism yeah. or this and that or the other, I don't think it defines a child. Um no, I don't think um, so it's, it's just a it's a it, learning style, I think. But well, it doesn't and define If styles. you
4: if you took twenty or ten children with an autism spectrum diagnosis, each mm-hmm. child would be completely different. There might be similarities that you might see on, you know, different occasions, but every single and we're involved with tons of support groups and we've met, you know, hundreds of families affected by autism um,
0: Mm -hmm.
4: and ADHD. And I can kind of walk through a crowd and pick kids out now, whether they're diagnosed or not, that have
0: three similar
4: (laughs) symptoms. And, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
4: each each one of them is completely different from the other, just like every Mm -hmm. kid is different. So Mm -hmm. saying that you teach autistic-specific children is – Basically, to me, not much different than just saying you teach children and you're good at it. Because in order to understand how an autistic child or an autistic person thinks, you're just really more psychologically connecting with somebody on their own level, whether they're Mm ADD or autistic or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that different level of connecting for whatever it is for each individual is something that somebody like you who teaches children in general and does it well, you've found a way to connect, like, on all four of your points and for whatever, however that child learns. And, I mean, I've even seen people that have come in with an injury or a physical disability. And, like, we were talking about the uh, videos when when I heard the girl say, I can't do this because. And I'm like, wait, can't? You can't do your form? Wait, hey, check this out. And we whipped out the video of the guy in the wheelchair doing Mm -hmm. black belt you know stuff kids are like wow and they get it because to a child they're not unless they're told that they have a disability they're not going to see their own disability as a disability they're going to see it more as a challenge and well how do I get through this until an adult yeah. tells them they can't and if they have an adult telling them they can't then if the adults don't believe in them who does
2: exactly if they can't, exactly. You know, they can't is-
4: believe in themselves if they don't see somebody else believing in them first
2: Exactly. And that's and, and sometimes that's a that's a sad thing when the expectations of the adult are less than what the child is capable right. of. Um, right. because of a label like ADD or ADHD mm-hmm. or down's or yeah. whatever, right? You know, and it's uh, it's, oh, it's, it's hey, so sad. Uh-huh.
1: Do you know what ADHD and ADD was called when I was a kid?
2: Being a boy? What's that?
1: <laughs> that's,
2: <Yeah>. right. <laughs> you know, that's right.
1: Renee's absolutely right. Being a there kid, yeah. The world on things back then.
2: Yeah, nope. being a kid. And the thing is, is that a lot of the, you know, it feels like, I'm not, you know, saying that people are doing this, but I'm just just an observation. It feels like ADD, ADHD, or whatever, is sometimes used as an excuse for, mm-hmm. you know, a, for a, that a I but, right? yeah, for that I can't or I'm less than capable or... I uh, won't do it, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And It's a you bubble. Know, and
4: it is. It's, a, it's bu- a bubble. It's a people bubble. put themselves in. A three-legged dog still has to figure out how to get up the stairs and how to go pee, right?
2: I mean, right. We,
0: exactly. we all
4: still have to figure out how to navigate the world, and the world isn't going to change for us. So as mm-hmm. soon as we can figure out that for our children who have been diagnosed or told by a professional of some sort that our children have this or that label it's all just a matter of putting a putting a term to a can't for as far as I'm concerned and okay so you have a better understanding of how your child thinks which is awesome because then you can teach them according to how how they may best learn but Mm -hmm. it's such a limitation for so many families that I see oh my child has this or my child has that and I don't know if he or she can succeed at this. How do you know until you give them the opportunity? Their failures are going to become their successes, right? So if somebody's having a hard time standing in line listening to an instructor, they might have an easier time getting behind somebody in line waiting to go kick at a bag because they're excited about what they're about to do rather than listening to somebody talk. But when it's all put together, when you look at body movements, plus being able to sit and listen, be able to stand and listen, being able to just have your body still. As a mm-hmm. kid, that's hard at any age with labels or no labels. But once yeah. the once the parent gives that label to a can't, then the kids aren't going to have the can in them. So exactly. I, I don't know. I just see a lot of limitations there with the labels.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, a, it, it You
4: know, that... This particular label has helped us to acquire services within the school districts
2: just mm-hmm. because
4: teachers now have classrooms that are so full that they're in need of having a teacher's assistant or a little bit of help for that one extra kid who may struggle with math or reading or, you know, be a visual learner mm-hmm. as opposed to a lecturer. Or, mm-hmm. But outside of looking for a little more support within a school district, there's no reason for, at least in our house, for that label to even exist. Because it's like, okay, you navigate the world this way, so this is how we need to adjust
2: ourselves to figure out how to work it out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That bubble, once
4: we step outside our own comfort zone and our own bubble, each one of us has unique individual challenges to work through. Mm -hmm. So whether there's ADHD behind it, that impulse control, that happens to every one of us now and then, I would imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. Lord knows I have plenty as a mo- single mom that impulse <laughs> control, that patience level can be pretty thin sometimes.
2: <laughs> oh, I, oh, I hear you. You know? <laughs>
0: I, I Here, seafood. You take him. Yeah, I'll be back later Yeah,
2: and I get to give them back. <laughs> right? No, it's like it. No, it's it is a joy of mine. You know, like um, you know, I do have uh, a niece um, that falls, you know, somewhere in the spectrum, um, Aspergers. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, and um, you know, and teaching kids before my niece came into the world, I you know, I began to recognize when it started to develop it and um, you know, incredibly intelligent. It was just, you know, the school had to figure out a way to to teach her instead of doing the cookie cookie cutter thing, right? You know Well and that's really what it
4: is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The cookie cutter thing in regular school doesn't work and neither does it work in martial arts, right? I mean it's one thing to be able to to have a martial art instructor pass on the art in its purest form, but a good teacher, I feel, should be able to pass on the art in its purest form in a way that's applicable to everyone, and that's adults included.
1: Um, well, actually, Ralph, I'm glad you brought that up because did you? I know I've never shared this story with anybody, but if there is an ignorance in the school districts, I was actually put in special ed classes when I was a kid. And then we mm-hmm. found out why. My father was teaching me German. I actually oh. spoke with a little bit of a German accent. So they oh, thought so. I wasn't <laughs> developing properly. Oh, so they had a right, right, lack right, right, right. of education, right?
2: Right, right. Yeah, and see, it's, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a cookie-cutter response, yeah? I was thinking really happened to me because I was bilingual for for a little bit, and I was shy and um i just at the time i when i was in kindergarten and uh, preschool and first grade i refused to do team sports so a lot of people thought that i was you know uh i don't i don't even know what they labeled me but they tried to put me in special ed and i actually went to i went to a testing to see what kind of a class i would need and i completely blew out the test and my mom goes there's nothing wrong with her what are you talking about you know she doesn't Well and don't ed. you think that once somebody goes
4: through any kind of assessments through a school district oh she, she's not reading at this level or he's not socializing at that level all of a sudden we go oh my gosh something's wrong
2: wrong when yeah when in, in
4: reality it's like okay we're all individuals here not everybody's an extrovert and not everybody's an introvert yeah. some people are loners and some people are socialites but god if the world <laughs>
1: revolve around us
4: all being the same.
1: Renee, I totally agree with that. They pulled my son at six years old in front of the school psychologist. Oh, he's not learning where he should be. I'm like, that's a bunch of crap. I just saw him run a martial arts form in three days. Right. I'm going, go screw yourself. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) You hit a a button. (laughs) Yeah. And and
1: and I'm I'm like, I want to see the teacher's record. I want to. And they denied me access to her records, which are public access. Because I found a parents. She brought a lot of people in front of the the school psychologist. And and there was one kid that I found out actually had to go to therapy because the teacher was so horrible.
4: Oh, we've been there. Uh We've been there. I mean, we've had adults literally it's all about control for the students because I think a lot of teachers get overwhelmed with, okay, I've got 30 kids. What am I going to do with these kids? Because eight of these are boys who won't sit in their chairs. You know, four of them are girls who aren't reading at the same level as everyone else or vice versa. They're reading above. And how do you manage 30 different individual personalities trying to learn all the same thing the same way? Mm -hmm. Well, as a teacher, if you can do that, you have a gift how many people go into teaching don't have that gift? And so that amount of control, that just do as I say, and just do it this way, once one person isn't able to sit within the confines of that box that we're putting these kids in, my son, for one, will kick the sides out of the box just so that he can find out what's outside the box.
0: Yeah. but. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, every kid, every person, every human being is going to learn differently. But we, in our public school systems, and I'm seeing now in private school systems, are getting more and more crowded as well. How how do we take 20 to 30 individuals and teach them all exactly the same way? We still have to have a curve.
1: So everybody you know how we start doing in it?
4: out of that curve, <laughs> what's that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you know how we start to do it? <clears throat> get How's rid of that? the tenure program. Yeah. Mm, yeah get yeah, get rid of the tenure program, make them know how to teach and yep. have them fearful that they can lose their job.
4: Yep, I right. agree. The ones who Agreed. are constantly um, having challenges with students because they're out there. I mean, there's yeah. teacher after teacher and they these teachers that are setting the kids outside the class go sit in the hall. Especially yeah. in first you know, kindergarten, first, second grade.
2: If yeah, you're that's not ridiculous. doing what you're
4: supposed to, go sit in the hall. You can't be part of our class. We're gonna exclude you because you're being different. And that's yeah. that basically boils down to a teacher doesn't have the ability to have full control of thirty students in a public school. We really need smaller class sizes. And there's a lot of kids that don't have a parent at home to help with homework or You know, it's just lifestyle-wise, we live in an age now where kids can be super brilliant and we're learning a tremendous amount technology-wise as very young people. But socially, maybe people don't have the same setup in a neighborhood where they learn to play in groups of kids or some people don't have someone at home helping them read. And then that particular child ends up hauled to the psychologist at the school. There's something wrong with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
4: (laughs) Yeah, life, life is wrong, dude. Sometimes, but get get used to it and figure out how to make it work for you, and stop labeling the can'ts on
1: these kids. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, well, when, it's... When, when I was it, when I was at school uh, for for my son, they didn't know how to handle me because I was in their face. I'm not one of these parents who, oh yes, will 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 give a psychologist thousands of dollars to figure out what's wrong with our son when it's the teacher. Right. 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 They They yeah. did not know that I know that that the teachers' records are public knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. well,
4: there's some interesting teachers out there.
1: There's oh yeah, some really good
4: ones. Suck. We are really yeah. lucky right now. After the time we've spent, we're we're really really fortunate right now that we have a great crew. I've landed on a fantastic school with a wonderful leader. The principal mm-hmm. of this school is just a great leader, and it's reflected in all of the people that she's got working for her. The staff. Oh, good are respectful to the children first, and then, okay, so-and-so has a challenge. What are we going to do? What? How do we meet that challenge? Or if there's an unwanted behavior, that means there's a need not being met. So how do we meet that need? Mm-hmm. And it's not a what's wrong with him or what's wrong with her. And oh, that's
1: good. That's good. That's the way it should be.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. they're definitely stretched to their limits. These teachers <laughs> bless yeah. them and their hearts for the ones that can do it and do it well. Mm-hmm. But, boy, for every one that does it well, I think there's five or six that aren't and that have no business working with kids or that get burned Mm -hmm. out, you know, maybe. Maybe they're too overworked that they just get burned out. I don't know. But it's tough. Kudos to the teachers out there who can do it and the martial arts instructors who can take different personalities. And, you know, you've got four kids bouncing around when they should be listening, but yet keeping them engaged. So, Kudos to you too. <laughs> mom, I'm not doing it. I got one
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. Um, we're gonna uh, go ahead and go off the air here in a little bit. Is Michael still around? Michael's here. Okay. Well, um, the, Bob, do you have another question? I have a qu- another question for for Michael, and, and if you have another question, you can ask him too. All right. I do,
1: Michael. Is Say hi. He there? Hi.
0: Okay, uh, go hey, ahead, Bob.
1: Uh so what so tell me, if you don't understand, tell me and I'll I'll repeat it again. What do you what are your expectations out of the martial arts? What do you want to get from this? From this experience with Sifu? What do you want to learn,
4: buddy? What do you, Thank you. What, do you yeah. what do you
0: want
4: to gain from being a martial arts student
3: in your life? Um or in the class? I want to learn self-defense and respect.
1: Oh, cool. And, and Michael, your, you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Sifu.
2: I was going to say, in your wildest dreams, do you want to become a martial arts master?
3: Yeah. Cool. Of course, i <laughs> Cool. I'll oh, well, get you there. <laughs> now,
1: now, Michael, you do know what a bully is, right? You know how to deal with them, see who's teaching you all that, right? Because I know she's such a fine teacher. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, bud. What, what What do you do if if somebody tries to push you around?
3: Um, I first ask them to stop, and if they don't listen, I if they if they don't listen, I can go stand by a teacher or grown up. Mhm. They keep pushing you. What do you do if somebody pushes you, buddy? And then if you still push me. I just block and I run away.
1: Mhm. Good for you. Good exactly. answers, by the way. Excellent.
2: Good job, there, buddy. Now I know you. I yeah, that's the perfect answer. Now I know that you love martial arts, and there's a lot of stuff that you like. Uh, but you know, tell you know, be honest. Tell the listeners, you know, what is there something about kung fu that you think is really hard, really tough that you might not like at first because it's so tough.
4: Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the gears turning.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's
4: challenging. It's challenging, buddy.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. What? I on um, a lot. To be honest, uppercuts are really hard for me. Well, is, you know, they are hard to do. Like that my shoulder really hurts. Oh. That, that, like pulls my back.
1: Oh. Well, we'll,
3: oh, we'll keep working I, I on
1: it. Oh,
3: I can see that. Yeah, we'll keep
2: working on it so that way you can, <coughs> excuse me, we'll keep working on it so that way you can learn how to do those uppercuts without hurting your back. You know what my biggest thing was when I was a kid was forms. Forms were really hard for me because, to tell you the truth, Michael, and I don't tell very many people this, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was spar. <laughs>
1: she, is, I just she was a fighter. She just wanted to fight.
2: I just wanted to <laughs> fight. I wanted to spar. I wanted to put on the well. We 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 had no protective gear except for uh, these little foam things that covered the tops of your feet, so you didn't break your feet. And I thought it was the coolest thing, and that's all I wanted to do. And when it was time to do kata, which is what we called forms in karate, when it was time to do kata, I would like kind of roll my eyes. and go forms again. Right. But I knew I had to do it. So I I did them and I learned them and I knew I had to do that. But inside, every time my teacher said, "Okay, get your sparring gear, I would run and get my sparring gear and put it on. And I yeah. And I would I would love to spar and learning the forms were were hard because, you know, it's tough to learn something sometimes when you're not really, you know, into it, when you're not really liking it. Right. So, you know, so, you know, just know, Michael, that, you know, if you don't um, if you don't like something or a particular technique, it's okay that you don't like it. And I'd like for you to be honest with me and say, you know, I really don't like this technique because it makes my my back hurt or this kick is kind of weird. I don't know if I like it. Um, That's okay. Just tell me, because a lot of times if we don't like something, it's because it's not. Feeling correct, or it might not look as good as other people do it, and that's why you have to tell me if you're having trouble with something or if you don't like a particular movement because that's my job. I'm supposed to help you with that.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I don't really that, like- that's right. Now, now, I don't really Michael, like- point. Uh, he not really like. Uh, work, I want to point out that uh, the uppercut. That's one of my favorite techniques. And remember, mm-hmm. I'm old, so my back is all messed up. <laughs> And Ruffy had to remember, Sifu had to remember so far back that when when she used to get ranking certificates, they were actually carved out on stone tablets.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, and if there was a technique that I didn't like, other than other than kata, I mean, kata was just something I didn't like, but if there was a move I didn't like, um, believe it or not, it was the jumping inside crescent kick. I hated it. And if you don't know what it oh, is, I mean, Michael, I'll show one. you what it looks like. And I, I hated it. I absolutely hated oh, yeah. it. And then my wushu teacher made it a requirement that I do it, right, and to – and to do it the wushu way, which is really crazy. And uh, and I just, uh, I hated it, but I kept practicing it. And you know what? After I got it down and was able to do it easily the wushu way, I actually liked it because it's yeah. a cool kick. So I'll show you the kick when uh, next time we meet for class. But very cool, buddy. Well, you know what? I just want to say that you're doing really good in class. And I'm really glad that you joined us on the show today and and, and talking to me and Sifu Bob. And yeah. if you just give the phone to your mom, me and Sifu Bob, it'll say goodbye to her, too, okay?
1: Well, and, Michael, I do, want to ask, I do want to ask you something, though, one more thing. I want you to show me that technique when I come up to Seattle in a couple months. That's right. Which one?
2: Which one? Oh, the jumping the inside crescent kick, or the Oh uppercut. yeah, I want to yeah. see that
1: one too. I want to see. I want to see the jump turning inside crescent followed by an uppercut.
2: Oh, good <laughs> oh. one, good combo, Bob. I'll show him. I'll show it to him. I'll show it to him three different ways, man. Three different ways. <laughs>
0: you ready?
2: I'll, I'll, yeah, very cool. All right, buddy. Well, I'll see you next Thanks, week Michael. and uh, let us okay. talk to your mom real quick, okay? Bye, Michael. Okay.
3: Also, I'm kind of the same way. I like. the also, forms are kind of hard, but I know I have to do them. <laughs> well, you're
1: Good very for you. you're very patient, buddy. I'm <laughs> oh, patient. He's like a saint. he was he was on the phone line for over an hour waiting for us. Yeah, yeah, he
4: yeah has been, I re, know he's been
2: pretty patient. He, he's been very patient, and that's a that's a skill, definitely. Well, you know what, Renee? Thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us your thanks views for having me. About yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sure. I mean, you know, great views that you had on on um you know, parent, parental responsibility for learning. Um to yeah. take to to take investment in what your child does in school or in martial arts or you know, even in sports, you know. I mean, take that sure. take that investment and uh you know, cuz it'll it'll pan out in the long run. Well, right on. Thank you so much, Renee. I'll see you next week and uh Thank next Thank you. Week, listen- We'll uh, we'll go ahead and see all the listeners next week. And uh, stay tuned on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for next week's subject. We might have another set of kids coming on. I don't know yet. But uh, keep an eye out on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for next week's subject. We'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye now.